believe what happened next. And that was it. All right. And that's Let's try that again, shall we? Good morning, everyone. It is good to see you this morning. Thank you for being here for worship. If you're here in person or online, Psalm 9, verse 1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you and sing praise to your name, O Lord Most High. We're excited to be able to worship you with you with this morning. Pray with me, if you will, as we get started. Father God, we thank you for bringing us here together. We thank you for giving us the reason to celebrate, the strength to celebrate, the grace to celebrate. Lord, we love you, and we do exult in your name. We sing praises to you, God, for you are worthy. Be with us and have your spirit fill this place in our hearts as we worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please stand with me as we worship. Come on, lift up. let's lift up the Lord. You are way made. Way make a miracle work, promise keeper, the light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Oh, you are a make a miracle work, promise keeper, the light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here. You are here.
worship you for who you are today. That is who you are. Worship you, Lord. That is who you are. That's who you are. Worker of miracles. That is who you are. see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. You see you are waymaker, miracle. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity we have to come before you and worship you. I thank you, Lord, that you're here, Lord, with us, Lord. I thank you that we can just come before you and worship, Lord, to lay down everything that we carry, give it all to you, Lord, and give you all the honor and glory, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much. What an awesome life we can live in you. 
I thank you so much, Lord, that we can depend on you for everything, Lord, that we don't have to carry it on our own. We don't have to do it on our own. We're not alone, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There is a king seated among us. Let every heart receive him now. And where there is praise, he will inhabit. There will be grace and mercy all around, and every burden will be lifted in His presence. Every trophy will be laid down at His feet. There is a name that reigns above all. Christ, the King of all. Yes, Jesus. Sing unto the Lamb. Unto the Lamb. Honor and glory. Worthy is He.
your posture towards the Lord this morning nothing else God nothing else will do I just want you and nothing else God nothing else oh nothing else will do thank you for your spirit Lord I just want you Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Thank you. 
continue to worship, I want you to think about, there's a scripture that says, there's people that honor me with, and this is God that speaks, there's people that honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So worship is so much more than just words that we sing on a Sunday morning. And one of the ways that we can show God that our heart is going after him and our heart is honoring him is forgiveness. Scripture talks about forgiveness not being an option <laughs> it's part of the Lord's prayer that we would forgive just as God has forgiven us as you think about this song and the words of it that says nothing else I don't want anything else in my heart God I don't want that anger I don't want that bitterness I don't want that grudge I want my heart to be after you not just my words and so as we pray to kind of close out this music portion of our worship service, think about if you have a grudge, if you have anger, if you have bitterness, maybe your sense of justice has been violated and you don't really understand, and so you have that kind of building up in your heart, you can trust God. You can trust God that he'll take care of that situation, that he'll take care of you. When we hold on to that grudge and we hold on to that bitterness and that anger and that angst, it's, it's kind of like drinking poison and, and expecting the other person to be affected by it, right? And it affects our worship. And it affects how we relate to God. It affects our prayers. And so we got to let it go. From our hearts, we need to forgive. And so as I pray, ask God to give you courage and strength to let go of that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. We forgive. We let go of bitterness, of anger, of the grudge. Father, the situation may be that we were truly wronged and we may be fully justified in our thoughts to feel the way that we feel. But God, your sense of justice is far greater than ours. And there's something about that bitterness and that anger and that unforgiveness in our hearts that does bad for us and does bad for our souls and does bad for our hearts. And so God, give us the courage and give us the strength to honor you in our hearts by letting go. Nothing else. Nothing else. God, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. Help me to understand what that means more and more and more. Father, in our worship, we want to trust you with everything. In our lives, we want to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. 
It's good to be here this morning with you guys. Why don't you say hello to somebody? Fist bump, give them a head nod of approval for being here. So nice to have you in person and online. I want to say hello to all of our online watchers. Good to see you as well. You got Pastor G in the comments there if you're online. Welcome to Christian Fellowship Church. If you are a guest with us, we really appreciate you coming. We want to welcome you specifically. There's a new here card in the back of your seat or there's a link online. The way that we know um, that you've been a guest with us is that you'd fill that out. We'd love to send you a note of thanks. There's a check mark on there if you want to know a little bit more about uh, this church and what we do, our mission, our vision. You get a phone call as well if you want that. But we're just glad that you're here. We do have gifts for guests here uh, in the in the room, um, and you're welcome to those on the way out on your way out today. They're there at the back, and uh, we're just glad that you're here with us. Thank you for coming. We also, as part of our worship, we we like to give back to God of some of the finances that He gives and provides for us. And so we do have uh, a moment for giving right now. You can do that online um, through text through the app. Do it on a check in an envelope in the back of your seat. We'll have guys at the door on your way out that you can drop them in the buckets. Um, your, your tithe or your offering, your gift, your giving. Whatever God leads you to do this morning. Giving is also an act of worship. That's why I like to include it as part of our worship time. So thank you for those, that, for those of you that give. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord and doing what he's called you to do in that. We appreciate that so very, very much. We're able to uh, accomplish and do the things that we're able to accomplish and do. I don't know if you noticed, but this is a big, a big space. <laughs> it takes a lot of uh, energy to keep this thing running. And we've been having basketball games up here um, every Saturday and practices every evening and daycare all day long. I mean, this place gets used. It's been the vision, right, from the get-go. Amen? That this would be a space for our community to come and see the good works of God, the goodness of God that it would track people to him and make going to church a little bit easier and get closer to God a little bit easier and it's your financial contributions that make that possible. So we appreciate everybody uh, for contributing to that. There are a couple of announcements. There's one that didn't get mentioned in the video that I want to kind of highlight real quick and that's prayers for students. There's a, there's a link online if you want to sign up to pray for a student. Uh, Mike Long, a community member, he, uh, he, gets, he gets together all the names of high school students in Lamar County, and he tries to uh, get people to adopt that high school student to pray for them every day. To cover his, his vision is that we would cover our students in prayer on a regular basis. I think that's a pretty cool vision. I like that a lot. And so if you're interested in that, there's a link on our website. And for those of you that have already signed up for that, Mike told me this morning he's just very, very thankful for you, and he appreciates that. Um, if you did already sign up, your cards are out in the lobby uh, today. So with that, we'll look at the announcement video, and Pastor Corey will be up after that. Good morning, Sia Paris family. I am so glad to see you here today. I have just a few announcements for you. First of all, DNA groups. We talked about that last week, but we didn't really explain what a DNA group is. A DNA group is just 
three or four um, people that meet together and they can just talk about what's going on in their lives. They can use the four questions that we post every Monday to dive a little deeper into what Corey would preach on Sunday. And you just do life together. You might remember if you've been around a while that we used to do women's four by four group where we had four people that meant every month for four months. Um, and it was just a luck of the draw and you got to meet new people. This is kind of similar to that. So, but if you don't know anyone and, but you really want to do this, there is a link on our website under DNA groups where you can go and request to be added into an interest form. And then we'll start plugging people in together. Second, if you have a college student, a new military or a recent graduate, we would love to send them a care package. So send an email with their name and address to Melissa at cfparis.church. And lastly, today we are having a Guatemala interest meeting. So if you are at all interested in going to Guatemala this summer, even if you just have like questions, like, I don't know what, what would this all involve? Go today. It's going to be in the room right here to my left. We call it the West wing. Um, it's where the prayer people meet. You want to go right in there after church today and they will have a quick interest meeting, get your name so they can get you more information as it comes down the chute. That's all we got. We love you guys. Pastor Corey is coming up soon. Bye. Gosh, guys, it is it is it is fun to be here. It is good to be here. Uh, I wanted to uh, real quickly just um, we we've been uh, we've been in a series uh, for the last few weeks called Seeking God Together, and. Uh, with that, guys, we've, we've developed this, uh, this face group page. Excuse me, let me see if I'm, what I'm doing here. There we go. And, and, and the idea being, so we, we started off at the beginning of the year with uh, this, this concept, this idea, this precept that, hey, we're going to go into the year starting with a fast, dedicating time to God, seeking God, seeking his will for this new year. And, and with that, what we did is we said, okay, we're going to do this for 21 days. It'll start January the 4th, and it'll end on January 24th. Uh, and so we're in week three of this series, Seeking God Together, but I, I want to re-emphasize something, that, that this isn't just a 21-day message, this isn't just a four-week series, we're keeping this webpage open, uh, this group together, guys. The idea is that we come together as the body of Christ, that we continue to seek God throughout the rest of the year, and in seeking God together, what we realize is not only do we draw close to God, He draws close to us, but at the same time, we draw close together, seeking Him together. And so, guys, I really want to encourage you, like uh, uh, Kimmy just mentioned, we have these DNA groups. It's small groups. That's all it really is. It's us coming together outside of a Sunday morning. Sunday morning's great. I love Sunday mornings. But if, if your involvement in the Word of God is this brief moment on a Sunday, man, you're missing out on so much. It's about getting small, uh, a small group, getting a couple people that you relate to, that you connect with, and, and being able to sit around. You're holding each other accountable. You're talking to each other, and, and you're just going back over some of the stuff, the encouragement that I give you on a Sunday morning. Sunday mornings are like the, the coach pep talk for the game. I give you the pat on the back, and I say, go on, you can do it. But it's throughout the week that we hold each other accountable. It's throughout the week that, that we witness to other people that, that won't normally grace the door of a church on Sunday. It's throughout the week that you're involved in people's lives, that you sit down and you say, hey, let's, let's talk. 
Um, so I encourage you, get involved in a DNA group. If you don't have three or four friends, uh, we'd love to plug you in with some. Um, you need friends. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead. You may not know it, but we all need friends. So go on our website. We're going we're gonna to get people involved, get them going, because it really is so much more than just Sunday mornings. Amen? Um, so I've titled today's message, Spiritually Fast. And uh, part of the reason why I did this is, is, as I look throughout the New Testament, one of the metaphors that you see consistently throughout the New Testament for this idea of, of running this race of life, well, I said it already, it's running. There's this metaphor uh, of this race that's going on. It's this idea that with the Christian walk, we're, we're pushing forward, we're running a race, we're trying to get to the goal, get to the mark. And if we're running a race... I mean, we want to be fast, right? I mean, it just kind of makes sense. So if you're running a race, and this whole metaphor of the Christian life, this walk is, is a race, then, then we, we probably want to be fast. We don't want to sit there and you know, stumble out of the gates. We don't want to sit there and, and get winded coming around the second bend. We don't, we don't want to get fatigued coming down that last stretch and not even be able to finish. It's about endurance. It's about this, this race that's set before us, but it's about being spiritually fast as well. I want to start off with a, a passage in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, Hebrews chapter 12, this is starting in verse 1, and it's coming right after Hebrews chapter 11, which I've always referred to. I love it. It's called, the, the, to me, the hero's chapter. I mean, it just lists name after name after name after name, all these people that have gone before us. And then all of that ends, and we pick up in, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, and it says this, As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the, the sin that we easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion, with determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and, and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. How many of you know, how, how many people have ever been in any sort of race? Now, how many of you would be willing to admit that you run faster when there's an audience? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, in anything, I mean, we've noticed that all so much more this last year with COVID hitting and all of a sudden we're, we're watching games and in games there's, there's just like little TV stands out in the stands. You're watching people trying to watch the game and nobody's at the game. And, and you kind of wonder, is there the dynamic the crowd is, you know, being heard by a, a little tape recorder up in the, the box? It's not tape recorder. It's probably something else. But you know what I mean. Come on. But you wonder if, 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 there's, if there's any dynamic in the game. Are, are, are the players as involved? Because it's true. We run faster. We, we, we perform better when there's people watching. And, and I can only imagine that uh, it, this Hebrews is, is, is attributed to, to, to Paul. I'm not certain that he's the author, but if he is, then I know Paul's traveled to Greece. And, and in my mind, I can only imagine as he was traveling around Greece, he saw the very first Olympic stadium. And when you look at this stadium, it's this, it's this long, long, long horseshoe with this track extremely long. And, and these, you can see the grandstands just going up around all three sides of it. 
It's amazing. And so in my mind, as the author is writing this, I can only imagine he's, he's picturing the grandstands just full. This crowd that's cheering each and every one of us on in this life, this race that we all live. He talks about Moses, the deliverer. There's Esther, who is, who is the queen who saved a nation. Ezra, a, a priest and a scribe that was well-renowned. Nehemiah, the wall builder. Or Jehoshaphat, who we learned about last week. We talked about him, who was the king of Judah and led his nation. Fasting, seeking God. There was Anna, the prophet, who lived to the age of, of uh, 84. And her, her wish was that she would be able to behold the Messiah, the king. And before she died, she held baby Jesus in her hands. There's Cornelius, there's Barnabas, there's Peter, there's Paul. There's all these different names, these people that have gone before us. Men, women, boys, girls, all of these that have trusted Jesus and they've, they've finished their race. In fact, not only have they finished their race, their, their names now are, are scribed on the circle around the stadium. The accomplishments. This, the, these, little, these little moments in time where, where Noah, who built the ark, and, and all these little things may be scribed around where everybody now, now they're cheering us on. They've finished their race, their names scribed on the wall, and now, now they too cheer us on. But every name on that list, every name I mentioned, were people who benefited in their race from, uh, to us, what would be a secret, like a, like a legal steroid, if you will. It wasn't steroids. I'm not. Each and every one of them knew that in order to keep their eyes focused on the prize, to be able to, to jolt their lives out of just this lethargic apathy that creeps in, and they understood they had to practice the discipline of fasting. Every single name practiced the discipline of fasting. Fasting is, is giving up what you want to tap into what you need. Now, look, I, I'm going to be straightforward. I'll be honest with you. The last two weeks, what I did is I just kind of showed you a, a couple examples of fasting in Scripture. And today, what I want to do is, is just talk about, like, all these different benefits that I'm reading. And, and, and as I'm reading Scripture on fasting, being honest, again, I, a lot of this has been, been just eye-opening, awakening to me. Some of the things I'm going to talk about today was almost like God himself stepping on my toes. And, and so if I say something today that steps on your toes, well, then you're welcome. <laughs> no, I, look, I, I do pray, though, that, that what it does for you is, is, it, is it changes your outlook, your life, as you're walking forward, that all of a sudden you do draw closer to God. That it becomes more than just an analogy that I preached on a Sunday. Because, because a couple weeks ago, I preached a message about washing your hands and nobody remembers the message except that you got to shake 12 times. So, so this is my emphasis that you get the meat of this and not just the shaking part. I will also admit that when you're shaking in my mind, and I think my example was that you're supposed to wash your hands and shake down into the sink. My maintenance department here has informed me that a lot of you are apparently shaking like this. If we can, if we can tone that down just a little bit. Fasting is it's giving up what we want to tap into what we need. Fasting helps us draw near, help us, helps us draw closer to God. It, 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 it's, it's, it's temporarily taking away something that we want or, or taking away the things that consume our time. 
It's taking that and it's setting aside a time to fast where, where we tap into a spiritual power. It's, it's, a, it's a closeness with God. It's, it's this walk where all of a sudden it redefines your every step. As we've already mentioned, God promises, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So as a church, what we've done is we want to watch God move in power. I mean, look, everybody here, I, I would think that, that every single one of us would want to draw closer to God. That's a question that you could ask anybody outside of this church, and they'd say, well, yeah, I mean, if there's a God, I'd like to be close to him. Every single one, one of us wants to draw closer to God, but are we willing to, to do what it takes? Are we willing to, to focus in and say, okay, God, I, I really do want more of you? So we're choosing to start this year denying the flesh, believing with that that we'll end the year full of his spirit, spiritually fast, having run our race. So today, again, what I want to do is just give you some basic uh, uh, understandings, some basic uh, applications that happen in your life when fasting, when you begin to implement fasting within your life. And, and to start, I, I was doing some reading this week, and, and in it there was, uh, uh, there was this this, this bit, this, this, uh, a race car driver was asked, what does it take to go fast? And, and I, my interest was piqued um, because I, I like to go fast. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this isn't, this isn't a straight track. This isn't a circle. This is, I mean, this is life. There's going to be, you know, turns. And, and, and it worked out. This race car driver happened to be more like a, uh, well, Anyway, he was asked, what does it take to go fast? And in my mind, I immediately went to, okay, well, it's got to start maybe with the acceleration. Like, like coming off, the, you want to be able to hit that acceleration just right. You don't want to spin too much. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Maybe it's in the shifting, how well he downshifts, upshifts. And maybe he's got, not that any race car driver is doing this anyway. But all of these things in my mind, and this particular driver said this. He said, that's easy. The key to going fast is proper braking. The key to going fast is the use of your brakes. And my immediate thought was, well, doesn't that work out just really well? <laughs> All right. But that's... That's what we're doing as we're coming into this new year. As a church, what we're doing, we're coming together and, and we're corporately saying we're going to take a break from the routine, from, from the mundane, from, from the normal, everyday, the, just this, the lethargic walk that is life. We're taking a break from all of that, trusting God to take us through. Uh, the driver went on to say that, that uh, one of the other benefits is, is braking. Braking going into a turn helps you accelerate coming out of a turn. Braking going into a turn helps you accelerate coming out of a turn. Look, how many of you today, you know you're needing a turnaround in your life? I think that, that we're all at these places in our life where we're looking to God going, God, I don't know that I can continue with the way things are right now. We've all been there if we're not there now. We need that turn. So what we do is, is we take a break knowing that as we break going into the turn, all of a sudden we're accelerating coming out of it. Breaking helps you stay in control. It helps you find your line. Breaking prevents unnecessary correction later. Like we talked about last week with Jehoshaphat. 
If Jehoshaphat would have taken the time to ask God first before just running into battle, he wouldn't have had his life nearly taken from him. Right? So we don't have to make the corrections later in life because, because we're taking the time to break now. Fasting is a key to being spiritually fast. It's a use of the brake pedal. It's a, it's a use of the brake pedal to boost our acceleration. And, and listen here, this is one of the things that just kind of blew my mind. That's why Jesus assumed, Jesus assumed that fasting was a part of your normal everyday life. Pastor Brandon, just a little bit ago, he got up after worship and he's speaking and he talked about the Lord's Prayer. He mentioned it. That's in Matthew chapter 6. And what we see in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus sits down with his disciples and he starts instructing them. He starts telling them uh, the way that they should live, how that they should do things. But then he gets to chapter 6 and he says this, and when you pray, not if you pray, not, not, and we know that. I, I think as, as Christians, it's just kind of one of those things that's drilled into you, pray without ceasing. Go throughout your day. We need to be praying at all times. Pray all the time. And we understand that. We believe it. We know that if we would seek God, that it would do something in our lives. But, but here's the beautiful thing. So Matthew 6 starts off with the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaching the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, when you pray, do it like this. Immediately following what he's teaching the disciples on praying, he says this. And when you fast. When you pray and when you fast. Not, not if you fast. Not if you think about it and, you know, you, you want to get, you want to have a diet and so you're wanting to lose weight. So you're going to say, okay, I'm going to make it spiritual and I'm going to tell people I'm fasting. No. When you fast, he assumed fasting was a, a normal part of the lives of the people that would be seeking him. So with that same thought then, could we also not say, if you don't fast, you're not living as Christ assumed you would if you wanted to seek him. I read that, and it, it, it just kind of rocked me. Because I, honestly, fasting wasn't a part of my normal. This, this, is, this is new for me, as it probably is for some of you. But I'm figuring, look, Lord, if you're going to show me, I want to read it, and I want to share it. I want the other people to know, too. And then I, all of a sudden, I look, and it says, and when you fast. I'm like, well, what if we're not? No, when you fast should be a part of the normal every day, the routine of those who truly desire to seek him. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. Look, God's intention is never for your religious experiences to, to produce a gloominess about you. Some of you chalk it up to birth. Well, I was born with this face, and it's just how I always look. If people don't know you're happy, do they know you have Jesus? I mean, or, or if they know you have Jesus and you're never happy, is that what they think of Jesus? Come on. Right? So he, he's not talking about this, this gloominess. He's not into a religious experience that's, that's glum and self-indulged. He's saying, so when you fast, don't make this, don't make it all about this. Look what I'm doing, God. Look, look how impressed everybody should be with me. And he says, for all those hypocrites, they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. Guys, as Pastor Brandon wrote on the Seeking God Together group page from the beginning, look, this is a joy. We're not manipulating God for something. We're delighting in him. 
We're not seeking him because we need something. Although we do need something, we're seeking him because he's him and, and he's all we need to seek. I tell you the truth that the, that is the only reward they will ever get. Somebody looking at them and noticing them that, that they fast. He continues on, he says, but, again, this is Jesus saying again, when you fast... But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. So when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. In other words, you don't have to put ashes all over your face and wear sackcloth through the day and let everybody know what you're doing. What are you doing? I'm fasting. I'm seeking God and it hurts so bad. No, get dressed, go about your life, encourage others. You're still running the race. You're just now taking time within that race to focus on God. But again, the reward comes, as that last line says, from living in the secret place. And then in, the, in God's timing, in his timing, that's when we see the blessings. We, that's when we see peace in the storm. We have the knowledge not to end up in a bad situation to begin with. Jesus is saying, as you regularly fast, I will cause blessings to be poured out on your life. Another thing about fasting that I, I, as I read, I, I see that fasting is, is uh, it's an act of humbling ourselves. It's choosing an action that says, I know I can't do this on my own. I need God. I, I need his strength. I need his power. So what we're doing is we're going into this new year with this, this uh, a humbled heart. This, and what does the Bible tell us about a humbled person? The Bible says God opposes the proud. Three of you. Good. All right. God opposes the but gives grace to thee. How many of you would admit you need a little grace in your life? About half of you, the other you, you're righteous as all get out. <laughs> Come on, people. How many of you know that you need grace in your life? <laughs> Look, guys, I, I need God's power and grace. So we're walking into this new year, not, not, this, not this smug, entitled, this, this self-interested desire walking out, but, but rather saying, God, I, I need your power. I need your grace. I can't do this on my own. In fact, God, I, I crave it. I'm hungry for it, Lord God. It's, it, it's something that I desire more than anything. And what did, listen, Jesus said this. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So Jesus is saying, if you're hungry, you will be filled. So one of the best ways to get hungry is to intentionally put ourselves in a place where we feel hunger. That, that's, that's, all, that's all it is. It's intentionally putting yourself in a place where you feel hunger. There's, there's appetites that we crave every day. And it's not just, just uh, we, we normally think of appetites being food. But I think each and every one of us has appetites every day. Things that, that we crave throughout the day or we think we need throughout the day. Things that take up our time throughout the day. 
We need to remind ourselves that not only does the body need food, but there's also a spiritual aspect, a spiritual side of our lives that, that needs to be fed, and it only can be fed the Word of God. So it's taking an intentional approach, feeling hunger, to remind ourselves that there's more than one type of, of hungry, more than one type of hunger. Fasting, another thing about it that, that, that I read through Scripture, I, I see that fasting is a, it's a disruption. <laughs> fasting is a disruption. Thank you. Guys, uh, so much of our lives is just forgettable. So much of our lives is just forgettable. And the truth is, it's because so much of our life is just normal. It's, it's not, a, not a valley. It's, it's not a peak. It's, it's just this, this, what happened during the day, and, and you won't remember it. So much of even your, just your last year, you, you probably don't even remember. It was the mundane. It was the trivial. It was the everyday. It was the waking up. It was the going to bed. It was the going to work, going to school. It was getting the work done, getting the job done. It was, it was everything that you just have to do, you normally do. The average, the ordinary. But I don't think there's anybody in here that just wants to live a life that's forgettable. And so what we do is we take a, a, a drastic action in order to interrupt the, the regularly scheduled programming that is life. It's this intentional disruption. And one of the best ways is doing something that messes with the bulk of your life. Think about it. When you feel hungry, what do you do? You eat. If you feel hungry, you eat. I said hungry, you're, ar you're already thinking about where you're going for lunch. You laugh because those are the ones that did it. <laughs> but when you disrupt that, what you do is you create the ability to, to see something happen that you weren't expecting. If you do what's expected every day, you're, you're going to end up forgetting about it because it's just what you do. But if you interrupt that, what you do is you create the opportunity for God to do something unexpected within what would normally be average mundane life. So a fast, a fast is, it's very effective at getting you out of a rut. Well, Corey, I already, I already pray every day. I already, okay. But, but do you need a breakthrough too? It's inviting a disruption into your life. So, so when you need an interruption, fasting is appropriate. When all of a sudden you realize, man, I, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I feel like I'm just living out every day. All right, well, let's disrupt it. Let's break through. What, what is it that God has called you to do here? What is, what is the Spirit of God whispering to you in this moment? Are, are you ready to turn down everything else, to take a disruption from the normal, and just listen to what God wants to do? Fasting helps you hear from God. It's a disruption. Another thing that, that fasting does is it, uh, it, it flips things inside out. It flips things inside out in that it helps us to live inside out as opposed to outside in. 1 Thessalonians uh, 5 verse 23, Paul. Paul is writing to the church in, in Thessalonica and he says this. He says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And then he says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he mentions three distinct parts uh, of, of, our, of our everyday, of our personality. Spirit, soul, and body. 
The, the spirit is the part of you that communicates with God. It's given to you at salvation. It's, it's, it's inside of you, and, and you either feed it and it grows, or you ignore it, and, and, and it just kind of lays there. I don't But it's the part of you that communicates with God, your prayer life. And then he says the soul. The soul is, is the part that you use to communicate with yourself, and then there's the body. The body is the part of you that's then able to communicate with, with your surroundings. It's the five senses. It, it, it communicates with, with uh, everything around through, through dialogue with people, through, through listening, through vision. We're spirit, soul, and body. But God's intention, as Paul is writing, is, is that we would live spirit first. That as we live spirit first, that the basis of our life, as we operate spirit first, based off that relationship, our spirit then informs our soul, hey soul, this is how you should live, this is how we line up. And your soul then interacts with your body, telling you how to properly go about every day. You think about the story of David. David, in, in Psalms, he writes, and, and he, he speaks to himself. He's talking to himself, and it's the spirit, what he knows that he's supposed to do, then talking into his soul, communicating with him to line his body up, and he screams out, why are you so downcast within me? Why are you so downtrodden? Hope in God. He's building himself up. He's encouraging his soul. Reflecting on his spirit, he's taking uh, or talking to himself, telling his soul what to do, determining to live his body pleasing God. Living body first, though, living body first lives outside in. Outside in, it's what we eat. It's it's what we spend. It's what we wear. It's what we watch. It's it's how we're influenced outside in. To live outside in is is to live with your God being your appetite. When you live outside in, you're allowing your God to be your appetite, whether that's, whether that's food, whether that's a financial appetite, career appetite, family appetite, whatever that is. All these different appetites. But to live only focused on your bodily needs it leaves you with only this afterthought of, of the soul and the spirit. Man, it, it leaves you depressed. It leaves you in despair. It leaves you with anxiety. It leaves you hurting and knowing, knowing the whole time something's missing. You weren't created to live with your God being your belly. No jokes. You weren't created to live with your God being your belly. When you live focused on the needs of the body only, there's this dullness. But when you set aside time to, to read scripture, when you set a time, aside time to, to listen to God, to seek him, communicating through prayer, through seeking God together, there's, there's something that makes you quicker, makes you faster, makes you stronger. You're able, to, you're able to focus more. And when you live spirit, soul, body, you honor God. And it's then that you can interact with the things of this world, using them instead of being used by them. Fasting helps us invert that. Another thing that fasting does is uh, boost the reception. It helps you get better at hearing God's voice. Tell me any of this. How many of you have ever, uh, let's, let's pick Dallas. You, you drive to the big city, you go to Dallas. You're driving around, you get on the freeway, 
and there's 500 cars just all around you, all trying to go just over the speed limit. You're in this lane, need to be in this lane, because you know your exit's coming up. The whole family's chatting in the background. The radio's blasting. If you're ever lost driving a vehicle, what's the first thing you do? <laughs> Every one of you. <laughs> Shut up, I can't think. <laughs> turn it off. I don't know where I'm going, I gotta turn off the radio. <laughs> Look, <laughs> when you want to focus on one thing, you turn down competing distractions. It's instinctive. It's, it's quieting the noise to find your direction. That's, that's what fasting is. You see, I, I, we're used to doing whatever our body tells us to do. That's how sin holds its power over us. So what we do is we choose to crucify the flesh by, by taking a, a, an appetite, by taking a, an appetite and for a season saying no. You quiet all the knobs in your life to hear the voice of the Spirit. We don't have to do what the flesh tells us to do. We've just gotten really good at listening to it. So for a period of time, we say no to, to physical desires. And, and then as you do that, what it then does as well is it builds a strength in you because at the end of the fast, when it comes back around, your spirit is then able to remind your body, you don't need that to survive. You don't need that like you thought you needed it. You can still enjoy it maybe, but, but you don't have to have it every day like you thought you did. So we get better at saying no because we practiced saying no. There's a discipline to it. Uh, as the band comes up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close here. Um, I have one, one last thing that I, I've noticed, and, and this is what I hope we all focus on for this coming year. Fasting, ultimately, it, it prepares us for what's next. Fasting prepares us for breakthrough. Fasting sets you up for blessings, but, but as well, it, it sets you up for, for when adversity hits. I, I know the, the kind of the mantra going into 2021 was this thought, this idea of, look, 2020 is over. I'm ready to hit 2021 running. 2021 is going to be the best year ever. And then, and then. Look, 2021 is not going to be all roses. There's going to be setbacks, there's going to be loss, there's going to be grief. There's going to be hard times, that's life. But fasting is, is to set yourself up, from, it's to set yourself up from, from a place of strength, a foundation of power, to, to build in you what you will need within the difficult days that lie ahead. In Isaiah 58, the prophet Isaiah is writing, and, and it's a chapter dedicated uh, all to fasting. And Isaiah, he's writing God's word to us, and, and he says this. I want to pick up in Isaiah 58, verse 10. Excuse me, uh, uh, verse 6. And he says this, I want the fast to, to free those bound in wickedness. 
I want the fast to undo heavy burdens, to, to lighten the burden of those who work for you, to let the oppressed go free and to break the chains that bind people. There's things in each and every one of our lives that, that we're unable to break off by ourselves. There's entanglements, there's strongholds in our lives, there's, there's patterns of thinking that, that we've just been rotely stuck in, trapped in. You're trying to run the race, but the whole while you're carrying around these, these heavy chains, dragging you down, wounds of the past, sins that you hold on to, that you keep going back to, but, but there's something about a fast that, that causes God's spirit to break stuff off of you. brings you to a place of freedom so you can be spiritually fast. Verse 7 continues. The kind of fasting that God wants, he says this, you'll, you'll share your food with the hungry, you'll give shelter to the homeless, give clothes to those who need them and not hide from relatives who need your help. I think that last line alone for some of you, you're like, Wow. God's saying through fasting, I want to do something in you. But more than just do something in you, I want to do something in you so I can do something through you. I want to position you to be able to, to meet the needs that you're going to see in the following days. And then continuing in verse 8, he says, and then... All the things that fasting has done to you, what fasting is working through you. And then he says, and then through those things, then your light will break out like the dawn. And your healing will break forth speedily. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. <laughs> God's wanting light to break through you. He wants healing, not, not a slow healing, but a, a quick healing in your life. Break forth speedily. Guys, we're, we're breaking. We're breaking going into this new year because, because quite honestly, look, we want a blaze coming out of it. The strength of the Holy Spirit at our backs with, with God's Spirit himself leading us, guiding us through every twist, every turn. Why do we fast? It's because we want to be near Him. We want to be eternally focused. We want to be spiritually fast. With God having prepared us for, for everything that's coming, for all that's in front of us. That way, man, can you imagine if you were never just completely appalled or shocked by, by the happenings of tomorrow? You may not have expected them, but you don't have to be completely shocked by them when you're living in trust with the Spirit. And that's what fasting sets us up. It's like, God, I need to seek you today because tomorrow, man, I, whatever it holds, I need to hold on to you. God preparing us for everything in front of us. That's the adversity and it's the blessing. We want to be ready for what he's doing. So we're seeking God together to become spiritually fast. Guys, if you'll stand up with me, listen, I, I encourage you again. Y'all need to get a hold of a, a couple other friends, a couple other people, and, 
And, and here later on, we're going to be posting four questions. You can go back and, and you can take these scriptures and you can just sit down with some buddies and say, hey, what, what's God saying in this? What's happening in this there? And just you're building each other up, guys. But that's what, is, that's what life's about. And fasting is a way to, to kind of accelerate what God is doing in your life, your relationship with him. If you'll bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you're revealing your word to us every day. Something written, Lord God, something established from, from ages ago, Lord God, and yet I can read it today and realize in my life how it applies. Father, I thank you for opening up my eyes about fasting, for, for looking into it more, Lord God, for realizing it's just a part of the everyday. It's, it's what you assumed we'd be doing if we wanted to draw close. So, Father, across this room, for people that want to draw close, Father, we, we seek you. We pray to you. I pray, Lord God, that your word would be true to them right now, Lord God, that as they seek you, Lord, that you would draw near to them. That you would draw them in, Lord God, and you would let them realize whatever it is they're going through, whether it's, whether it's a time of blessing or whether it's a time of adversity, Lord God, you're still there. You will never leave them, never forsake them. You're with them, Lord God, always, even to the utter ends of the earth, Lord Jesus. And Father, that your hopes and your plans for us are to prosper us. God, I thank you for your word, for your truth, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank you for a church, Lord God, a group of people, Lord, those that are tuning in online, those that are here this morning, Lord God, people that desire to be closer to you, to not settle for the norm, to not settle for the status quo, but to scream out, to cry out, God, I need you more than anything. Father, I pray that going through this year, this would be our every day not just the 21 days at the beginning of the year that we did because the pastor said we had to, Lord, but, but a heart change, Lord, something within our lives that, that cries out, that desires to seek you, to know you more. Lord, I thank you, and I pray that your peace would be upon your people. You'd cause your face to shine upon them, Lord Jesus. You'd be gracious toward them, Lord God, that you would give us your peace. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all have a blessed, blessed Sunday afternoon. God bless you all.